Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. You know, I listen to Bickley and Murata. Terrific show, by the way. I really enjoy it. Bickley and Murata mornings from 6 to 10. Bickley and Murata. It's the greatest show on earth. Bickley and Murata. Good morning and welcome. Dan Bickley. Sports, man. Sports. Vince Murata. It's a power-packed morning zoo. Are you kidding me? Bickley and Murata. Bickley and Murata. I love this show. This is the greatest show in the history of radio. It's the greatest radio show ever. Bickley and Murata. I hate everything about this show. This is the worst show in the world. Happy Monday, everybody. How is everyone doing? Our historic week as a sports town has ended, Vinny. Has it officially ended, or are we counting like the MVP press conference today? That's like the last, the last hurrah. Yeah, you know, and, and again, with the debut of Kevin Durant coming, I guess it never really ends. No, nothing ever really ends, huh? But it, it feels, deep. yeah. But it feels like you know, last week just feel like this crazy confluence of all sorts of things that were happening all at once, and, and now football season, bam, book has been shut for the year. Yes. So there you go. Yeah, it was, uh, and it was a good week. And I thought, of, 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 you know, obviously we're going to talk a lot about the uh, festivities last night. A good way to cap the historic sports week. Yeah, I think uh, for, as Super Bowls go, that was a good B plus A minus. I think as Super Bowl weeks go, I think we as a host was a good solid B plus. I think as a halftime show, you know more than me. I was I was kind of in my own little headspace at that point in time writing, but you said it was fairly decent. So I, li- yeah, I, li- it all I liked it. It all worked. I mean, I'm not the world's biggest Rihanna fan. Yeah, but I you know, I, I was visually stunning. That's right. Exactly. We Just got- watching the setup for like for, from them going to all right, everybody's walking off the field to 10 minutes later, there's a full elaborate stage set up with uh, hanging platforms. I mean, just That's, ridiculous. Okay, if, if you want to go there, I'll go there really quickly. The, the one thing about the Super Bowl that always, it, it, the Super Bowl is so gigantic and so big and so full of celebrities, it, it just feels like, it, I, it feels endless. But wh- where you really feel the power of the Super Bowl is the is sort of the instant... Boom, here's a set, here's a pop culture superstar, boom, here's a little condensed set, boom, gone. Mm-hmm. And now football players are coming back on the field. The, you're right, there's something about that transition that kind of is a, that's the flex. Were you both the at the game? Yeah, we both were, yes. Yeah. Could you tell Rihanna was pregnant from there? I, w- I didn't know. I was with my buddy, and he's like, is she pregnant? Because that's all anyone was talking about the halftime show. I have to ask you, though, how were your seats, by the way? Oh, my God. Yeah? Really? That they, good? They were unbelievable. Okay. Ten rows up on the Chiefs' sideline at wow. the 45-yard line. It's wow. good to be the king. It's good to know the king. Oh. <laughs> wow. I ain't the king, Jared. That's pretty good, man. It was, that's yeah. pretty good. It was, uh, it was embarrassing. That I had that good of seats. Well, good for you. Yeah. All right, let's start the show. Let's have some fun, Ferret. The Splash. Splash. The stories making waves in the sports world. The Splash. The Splash. 
The Splash, brought to you by Presidential Pools, Arizona's number one pool builder. See why at presidentialpools.com. Yeah, Super Bowl 57 is in the books. Harrison Butker kicked a 27-yard field goal with eight seconds left to give the Kansas City Chiefs a 38-35 win at State Farm Stadium in Glendale. The ending of the game dotted with a little argument. Fodder is on a third down and eight from the Philadelphia 15-yard line with under two minutes to go. Patrick Mahomes passed to Juju Smith-Schuster in the end zone fell incomplete, but a flag was thrown for a defensive holding call in Eagles corner James Bradbury that gave Kansas City a new set of downs and allowed them to melt most of the remaining clock before Butker's field goal. Mahomes, 21 of 27, 182 yards, three touchdown passes, also had a key run on the touchdown drive at the end of the game. He wins his second Super Bowl MVP in the last four years. Yeah, uh, interesting ending. Uh, I didn't know quite what to make of that endgame sequence where we saw what looked to be a very controversial uh, official's call on defensive. Few kneel downs followed by a field goal attempt. Good night, everybody. Well, yeah, the kneel down it by was, Jarek McKinnon. It was right. <laughs> yeah. It was a weird sequence of events at the end that kind of were maybe a little lackluster, but uh, anticlimactic. Uh, yeah, yeah, very. It, yeah, yes, very that's a great way to put it. Ending. Yeah, and I'll say this, and I said this over on the KTAR News Show this morning with Jim Sharp and, and Jamie West. That was a very good Super Bowl. I think the grades you gave before the splash were very accurate. It was the third best Super Bowl played at State Farm Stadium. Yeah. There was, listen, you look at the score and you go, wow, what a great game. That felt very much like the old Panthers-Patriots Super Bowl from many years back. That was like a 32-29 game. And you remember it as it being a roller coaster ride, but not ever spectacular. Yeah, and the first two Super Bowls in Arizona, you had the memorable, you had the helmet catch. The second one you had, or at State Farm Stadium, I should say. The second one, you had the Malcolm Butler interception. Yeah, the last most memorable right. play from this one will be a penalty. You're right. Unfortunately. Good point. Yeah, the Arizona Cardinals coaching search now in its sixth calendar week. And with the Super Bowl now in the history books, the team should name a replacement soon. But just when you thought the choice was limited to Luana Rumo. Right? Or Mike Kafka. Another name emerges. Cardinals set to interview Eagles defensive coordinator Jonathan Gannon sometime today, according to a report that surfaced yesterday from Ian Rappaport. Gannon, 40 years old, spent the last two years as the Eagles D.C. Uh, and has NFL oh. coaching experience in Atlanta, Tennessee, Minnesota, and Indianapolis. This is very curious. Bad to me. timing. Very bad timing. Yeah. After his defense looked the worst it's looked all year. Mm-hmm. Um, and look, Shane Steichen is the offensive coordinator for the Eagles. He's been interviewed a couple of times, at least by the Colts. He's going to get that job. Mm-hmm. It was possible to interview this guy during the playoffs, uh-huh. and they didn't do it. No, I know. Uh, Again, what do you think I've been saying here? Let's get this Super Bowl out of town so we can focus on our football team. Yes. uh, Sound like Devin Booker. Everybody get the hell out of town. I like it better when it was quiet. I'm right there with D-Book. Some other coaches in last night's Super Bowl also interviewing for jobs. Chiefs offensive coordinator Eric Biennemi is a candidate for OC jobs in Baltimore and Washington. And did you see, like, the periphery reports that he might be in the mix here in Arizona? Yeah. I did see that as well. Mm -hmm. Uh, Eagles quarterback coach Brian Johnson will be interviewing for the Carolina offensive coordinator position. The Denver Broncos have interviewed Rex Ryan for their D.C. position on Sean Payton's 
coaching staff, according to reports. Ryan has spent the last six years as an ESPN analyst. And Cliff Kingsbury will not be the offensive coordinator of the Texans. Reports surfaced Sunday that Houston is expected to hire San Francisco 49ers pass game coordinator Bobby Slowick as their new OC under D'Amico Ryans. Uh, former Cardinals defensive end Calais Campbell not calling it a career, coming back for a 16th season. Uh, he announced on NFL Network Sunday he has 99 career sacks, said he'd like to reach 100. The first 56 and a half came in a Cardinals uniform, of course. Suns completed a 4-1 and road trip with a win in Indiana on Friday. On Saturday, Kevin Durant was present at the team's uh, Verizon 5G Performance Center in Phoenix as he gets acclimated with his new team. He's uh, going to be introduced at a press conference on Thursday. Phoenix also set to sign wing player Terrence Ross after he was bought out by the Orlando Magic. He's 32 years old, six foot six, was averaging eight points per game off the Orlando bench this year, hitting 38% of his three-pointers. Suns are back home tomorrow night to host Sacramento. We should see the debuts of TJ Warren and Darius Baisley in that game. Nice. And I will share my experience later on of watching the Brooklyn Nets play the Philadelphia 76ers on Saturday. Okay. That was a little tough to watch. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I think a lot of Suns fans felt that way. Yes. Um, another player on the buyout radar for the Suns, guard Reggie Jackson, who was traded by the Clippers to Charlotte. He was bought out and inst- uh, instead of coming to Phoenix is signing with the Denver Nuggets, the top seed in the Western Conference. Scotty Scheffler, once again, the winner of the WM Phoenix Open. He fired a 665 on Sunday to notch his second straight win at TPC Scottsdale. Two strokes better than Nick Taylor. John Rahm finished third, five strokes off the pace. With this new elevation of tournament, Scheffler won $3.6 million for the weekend. Uh, He joins Elite Company as a repeat winner, joining Hideki Matsuyama, Johnny Miller, Arnold Palmer, Lloyd Mangrum, and Ben Hogan as back-to-back winners. So I looked it up, Bick. Yeah. Scheffler gets 3.6 for winning this year. Mm Mm-hmm. Arnold Palmer won it three years in a row, 61, 62, 63. Uh-huh. Total prize money in those three years, $12,900. Yeah, and and on top of it all, this is really quite something. Um, Phil Mickelson has played the WM Phoenix Open 30 years. Scotty Scheffler passed him in Phoenix Open winnings yesterday. <laughs> wow. I would have loved to see Arnold Palmer at this version of the 16th hole. <laughs> That'd be quite something. That's where, a great point. Where where nobody would be drinking an Arnold Palmer. <laughs> right. uh, Coyotes' no. road trip continues tonight in Nashville against the Predators. Yot, uh, Yotes fought hard in, uh, for a point in a strange game on Saturday. They led 2-0 in the first period, then allowed five St. Louis goals in the second and first eight minutes of the third before they got goals from Clayton Keller, Nick Bugstad, and Lawson Krause to force overtime where they fell 6-5. Tonight's game in Music City gets underway at 6. You can hear it on the Arizona Sports app at 98.7. There you go. There is your splash. For Monday, February 13th, 2023. And yes, as Bick said, our historic week is over. Over! But it was a good week. And there's still some stuff bleeding into this week. We'll get into all of it next. It's Bickley and Murata mornings live from the Akshin Community Studios on this Monday here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Dan Bickley, Vince Murata. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader.
Clock is going to be out of time, and the pass is going to be underthrown. It's incomplete. It's incomplete. Everyone, everyone who claims the Chiefs kingdom will raise a banner above the National Football League again for the second time in four seasons. The Lombardi Trophy has a red and gold reflection, a big red reflection. The Chiefs are champions of Super Bowl 57. There you go. The final call from Mitch Holtis on the Chiefs radio network. Has the uh, Jarrett used the term anticlimactic in the last few moments of that game? I think that's a perfect description of it from the Jarek McKinnon, from, from the penalty to the Jarek McKinnon sliding down at the one, to mm-hmm. Mahomes taking a couple knees to the field goal, yeah. to a pass where fittingly, maybe fittingly, uh, Jalen Hurts' foot slipped on that last pass, causing it to be underthrown. Mm-hmm. Very small percentage there that it's going to be completed anyway. But uh, you heard it there. The Kansas City Chiefs not only capped their season, how about that? They start their season with a win at State Farm Stadium, and then 154 days later, they they end their season with a win at State Farm about Stadium. about that? Yeah. Second in four years. And, and after both games, there were questions about the turf, the grass. Remember Andy Reid after the regular season game? That's right, because Trent McDuffie went uh, down with an injury in that game and, and blamed the turf. And Harrison Butker, their kicker, famously face-planted on the opening kickoff. That's Remember right, that? and he missed time yep. after that, too. Yep. So and and so we're going to get into this 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 grass situation at State Farm Stadium. This might be a coincidence, it might not be. But we're talking about a college football semifinal game, Michigan TCU slipping all over the Look, place. That happens pretty much every year at the Fiesta Bowl. Yeah. It do, it, it no. always does it doesn't get talked about as much because it's not I mean it's a big stage it's yeah. not a Super Bowl no. stage the whole world was talking yeah. about it yeah and Dallas Goddard basically said listen there's something just that doesn't work about using natural grass in a dome stadium he might have a point there might be something to that Look, but the technology is amazing yeah. still but yeah does the does the grass you know is it as solid yeah. when it's growing in a tray as opposed to the earth? Here's what I think. I I, th- I think when a Super Bowl ends like this, you've got you've got three different sort of viewpoints. You've got the winner and the losers, their viewpoints. So the cities of Philadelphia, man, what a rough day in Philly yesterday, by the way. Yesterday in the afternoon, Comcast lost power and service to two big neighborhoods because a vandal cut a fiber optic line. A vandal thought, hey, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to go mess up everybody. Day on Super Bowl Sunday. And I didn't they, even hear about oh, this. Oh yeah, so, yeah, they they yeah. Lou Anarumo is from Fishtown. So yeah, the community of Fishtown, Pennsylvania. All day long, they're like they had no internet. People are like, hey, I'm cooking here. I got people coming over. Where's the game? Oh my gosh! Yeah. And so they got service restored before kickoff. Then you get that Eagles game. Then you get the official. Then you get riot police in the streets dispersing crowds afterwards. Just your average Sunday in Philadelphia. Well, I Pennsylvania. saw footage of before the game even started, fans in Philadelphia turning over cars before the game. <laughs> in before five, the game. In five months, they've lost the World Series and a Super Bowl now. And uh, but again, at least they can say they've yep. been there. and the yep. MLS championship too. They mm-hmm. lost three yeah. major championships in the course of one year. So so you got the Philly viewpoint, you got the Kansas City viewpoint, you got the casual fan sports, fun, and then you got our viewpoint. Yeah. We as the host, we look at this game a little bit differently. So things like the turf matters. Things like did people have a good time matter. How was the weather? It's st- all of that stuff matters. And it was a good B plus. Yeah, I think 
the good time. That box was checked. Uh, mm-hmm. I think Arizona does this event very well. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, I, I remember the first time that well, at State Farm Stadium, before it was even State Farm Stadium in Glendale, and you're w- wondering about the logistics of everything with, hey, this is in Glendale, this mm-hmm. is in downtown Phoenix, all this stuff's happening in Scottsdale. It doesn't seem to be that much of an issue. I, I think the people that come to because, town for yeah. it enjoy it, and yeah. I think the weather has a lot to do with it. Well, either the weather, and I think a lot of people, I, I think Phoenix has grown up so dramatically in the last five years or so that that actually having it spread out now actually feels good. It actually kind of works. Um in terms of of all that stuff, quality of game, the game was really good. But as you pointed out, that ranks third in Super Bowl staged in Glendale. Yeah, yeah, it's just the facts. And three out of four overall in Arizona. That definitely topped uh, Pittsburgh, yeah. Dallas, right? Yeah. No, you're <laughs> right. So and so in the end, Patrick Mahomes does something that only Kurt Warner was able to do, and that's a guy that won the MVP and the Super Bowl in the same year. Yeah, I, I were you sent that tweet yesterday that I there saw were that somewhere since yeah. nineteen Kurt Warner in nineteen ninety nine was the last regular season MVP whose team made it to the Super Bowl that was able to win it, and then there was a string of nine straight losses mm-hmm. by regular season MVPs, which I never it never occurred to me. Um, and it's you know strength. We're going to get more into Patrick Mahomes' performance in just a little bit. I thought for most of the game he was the second best quarterback on the field. He was. I don't think there's any doubt about that. And I think he that. played well. I think yeah. that's just how high the, the level of quarterbacking was last night. I, and I think I think one of the takeaways, if you were looking at it from the Philadelphia standpoint, would be that. Would be, okay, Jalen Hurts has kind of proved himself to be that guy. Yeah. But we can feel good about giving him a ton of money. He is going to be our franchise quarterback. Yeah. but And and that's, that's one of the sad realities of this past football season that just ended in Glendale. And that's Jalen Hurts past Kyler Murray on the depth chart of NFL quarterback. He lapped him. Lapped him. Maybe twice. Maybe twice. Um, in terms of the big week for Arizona, obviously there was a, a, a major breaking ball thrown in the middle of the week when the Phoenix Suns got Kevin Durant, um, and that led to the fascination of the week for Arizona, and that story continues. Uh, the WM Phoenix Open. Mm-hmm. I mean, another major event mm-hmm. that was blessed with great weather. I know you were out there on Saturday. What, yeah. what was your what was your viewpoint of, of what went on this year? Um, I, I for for a variety of reasons, I thought the Saturday at the WM Phoenix Open was the first time in a long time where I didn't quite feel that vibe that this is one of the greatest experiences in the history of sports. Really? Yeah. I, I think I think a couple of things. I, I think this this elevated status that the tournament had this year, I think it was a blessing and a curse. I think it was also I think it was something that ratcheted up the pressure because everybody knows, hey you're going to kind of need this status again next year because this is what's going to draw big name players in and the last thing you want to do is lose the status after you've been given the status. So I think they were real careful about how much nuttiness they were going to allow this year. They And I'm, I'm bringing this up as somebody who spent the entire day on at 16 on Saturday. They cut off alcohol sales very <clears throat> early on Saturday, which might have been a very good move because by the end of Saturday, fans were throwing water bottles now. Last year it was beer, aluminum beer cans. Now it was water bottles. So it's it's kind of proof that that a segment of fans there are not gonna they're not gonna respect the game regardless of what you tell them to do. Mm-hmm. But uh, it just generally there's a craziness to that hole, a chaos and an anarchy to the hole that makes it work. Yes, kind of missing. Do you think part of that was because of the pre sellout? That there wasn't as much like walk up 
traffic from like the you know the casual fans that are looking just to party? No, 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 no. no. I think I think those casual that. fans no, you, bought their tickets early. No, if you'd have seen the line outside of sixteen waiting to get in, you you wouldn't have asked that. No. I, it was, uh, but but I do think that I, I think that on Saturday towards the middle of the afternoon, I looked up and I saw some of the general admission empty, which meant the lack of beer sales. Kids were piecing out. They're bouncing out of there. Yeah. Well, yeah, on to the, the next stop. Which they probably wanted, though. That's they, That was probably the intended effect. Probably. They didn't want this thing to get off the rails. Last year, we had that incident on Saturday and Sunday where, where, where the beer can chucking got out of control. After the holes in one. In retrospect, I think that was a much bigger deal inside the PGA Tour than we even thought it was. Yeah. That might have been something where they're like, okay, we're talking about player safety now. Yeah. And no. so I, I'm just saying, it, it, the whole tournament, they, they had to manage huge numbers, and they did great as well. They had a fantastic leaderboard. So when you get Scotty Scheffler and John Rahm going at it on the last two days, that's very much Jalen Hurts versus, no, that's Patrick Mahomes versus Joe Burrow kind of stuff. So they had a great tournament. I'm just talking about the party, the vibe, yeah. what generally kind of you know, burns this thing. Gotcha. I think that even, that even came across on TV from what I watched also. Really? Yeah. I, I felt the same way. And you could tell also that there were empty seats, which you never see on 16. Never. Uh, never. But there was a mulleted streaker. Yeah. So they that, did have was, that. Was that, was that Saturday? <laughs> that was Saturday morning. Saturday. Dude. Yeah. Joe Dirt got free. Well, he, yeah, he's got his own Instagram account. We, we do know who that dude is, by the way. Max something or yeah, other. Right. Yeah. yeah, you saw that. Yeah. That was quite something, wasn't it? Uh, yeah. <laughs> so I mean, so is the mug shot. And let's come on now. If you're going to be a streaker, don't wear underpants. Come yeah. on. Go all the way or don't go at all. Let's go. Right. Right. So I uh, don't necessarily agree no, with you. Don't agree with that. All right. Well, either way. Yeah. So, so Jail time would change, I think. Yeah. Oh, perhaps you're right. The charges yeah. would change, yeah. too. Okay, you're right. Uh-huh. Yeah. So so for Scotty Scheffler and John Rahm to be part of a, of, of a group that was chasing that $3.6 million prize, by Sunday, that had a real big-time feel mm-hmm. to it. And the tournament sometimes doesn't have that on Sunday. So I, so to me, I think it was a definite win for everybody involved here. The, this was – I mean, these are just gigantic events. John Rahm said this – I'll say this real quick. John Rahm said this over the weekend. He said there's not many golf tournaments in America that you could play – while the Super Bowl was in town and not have that golf tournament completely die. Yeah. And and this one is foundationally strong enough where it still does its thing. Well even it, with the Super Bowl. And in the town. party element is what is what drives it. Let's be honest about it. Uh, that guy on sixteen on Saturday morning though, he just said, Hey, life's a garden, dig it. Is that I, what he said, did he? That's what he said. Yeah. He channeled his inner Joe Dierte. Well, you know what? It's it's the dudes who streak and then know that they've got the athletic ability not to get caught, so they're kind of prancing a little bit because yeah. they don't have the fear of it. Yeah. That's what that guy was. And then the plunge into the water. Right. Well, well done. Yeah. I guess right. in, in streaker parlance. Oh, you mean into the reclaimed water? <laughs> that, that disgusting? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm sure he'll be feeling Enjoy your malaria. Time. Yeah. <laughs> Enjoy your... <laughs> <laughs> Text your thoughts to the FanDuel text line at 620. 2620 right now. Coming up next, the resume of Patrick Mahomes gets better and better and better. We'll get into it next. It's Bickley and Murata mornings here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. This is amazing. Like we won the Super Bowl. Like this is happy. Like you just like a little kid winning 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 a prize at, at the at the fair. I mean, it, whereas this one. 
you've dealt with failure. You understand how hard it is uh, to get back on this stage and to win this game. I mean, I, I played in a Super Bowl where I got blown out, uh, where it was I, I got all hyped up, and then we you go out there and you, you don't do anything. Um, and then I lose the AFC Championship game in the overtime um, when I thought we had a chance to win the Super Bowl that year and uh, have a full brand new team and have to go through the the strain of being better and better every single day. It gives you a greater appreciation for winning this game. Patrick Mahomes of the Kansas City Chiefs. I've never heard anybody talk about winning their first Super Bowl and comparing it to winning a prize at the fair. Yeah, that's, that's a new a, one. That's a new one for that's me. That's a down-home Kansas City kind of thing to say. You yeah, know what I mean? Yes. That's uh, like going to the fair and getting a big piece of corn on the cob, baby. Yeah, yeah. fried <laughs> That's like going to the fair and getting a big corn dog. Well, I guess winning. By the way, corn dog is the name of that big influential play the, uh, the Kansas City Chiefs rolled out twice for two touchdowns in the second half. Is it? That play is called... Corn dog. Did you know that, Jared? Corn dogs, Jackie. Corn dogs for all these people. Is that not the perfect Andy Reidism you've ever heard? Corn dog. <laughs> Andy Reid was in absolute the zone this whole week with his food references and stuff. I felt, although I felt bad for him with how Terry Bradshaw introduced him in the. Did you, I, all right, can, can we can we just get this out of the way right now? It's time for Terry Bradshaw to go. I agree. After the moment. NFC Championship yeah. game. The weird presentation and the weird, you know, goading of, of Jalen Hurts to sing the Eagles fight song, and then look, is it a bit hypocritical coming from this particular show or at least one member of this show to feel bad for Andy Reid for being called old and basically fat within the course of a minute and to, by, being, and to being told come waddle over here? Yes, yeah. We talked about it after the Eagles, the, the NFC Championship game. Why they have Terry Bradshaw handle that? They've got a million different broadcasters at their disposal, and they give it to him. It's. I saw somebody, Joe Posnanski, actually put it out. Do you ever see the movie Best in Show, the dog show? No. Fred Willard. Yes. Fred Willard plays a character named Buck Laughlin, who does color commentary on this elite, you know, this very prestigious dog show. Mm-hmm. And he's a former jock athlete, and he's so inappropriate. So he said basically, uh, Terry Bradshaw is Fred Willard now from Best in Show, and I was like, that is a perfect yeah. description. Yeah. It yeah, was, it, it's it, too much. Yeah, definitely too much. But Patrick Mahomes wins the second Super Bowl. We talked about it last week. What does this do for it? You know, what does would losing do for his legacy in terms of this this Brady chase, which might be pie in the sky anyway? But now with five years as a starter, two regular season MVPs, two Super Bowl MVPs, three Super Bowl appearances, he just set all kinds of passing records this year. I mean, Patrick Mahomes is well on his way to being one of, if not the greatest quarterback of all time. Yeah, and this is a game that was, I think, pivotal pivotal for Patrick Mahomes if he really does have Tom Brady in his crosshairs, and he Mm -hmm. has said he does. And and most people of the current generation look at him and say that's the best there's ever been. Not in terms of body of work, but in terms of most skilled quarterback people have ever seen. And so if you're Patrick Mahomes, yeah, that's who you're shooting for. And and going one and two in your first three Super Bowls would make it a real long way to get to Tom Brady. Now you're two and one in five full seasons as a starter in Kansas City. Um, and so now I think he's tracking. So I think from a legacy play, and even though legacy stuff is can often be a media creation and and talk radio fodder and that kind of stuff, guys at the very top, especially at that position, it matters to them. Mm-hmm. The hierarchy matters to them. And so 
show this. I think in some ways this game was very, very important for that legacy of Patrick Mahomes. I I also think this, for all the arm talent that I, I've seen on display from Patrick Mahomes since he's come into the league, his toughness is as good as it gets. He hurt that ankle in the first quarter of a playoff game against Jacksonville. It flared up in every playoff game they played, and you had to drag that guy off the field. Yeah, I mean, when he late in the first half, when he hobbled off the field, and you're like, uh-oh. And then I was watching the activity on the sideline at that point, and you're like, okay, Mahomes went right to the bench, and he was kind of obscured from, from my viewpoint. But you're watching Chad Henney start to get ready, and he's throwing passes, and you're like, eh, maybe he's just staying loose. He was throwing with Mahomes earlier. Then Henney starts doing sprints, and you're like, this is getting serious. Oh, yeah. But Mahomes, I mean, even on that ankle, and I'm sure there was probably some <laughs> some uh, injections given at halftime oh, yeah. again. yeah. But he played on it, and then one of the biggest plays of the game a 26-yard scramble on that last touchdown, the last like the field Cincinnati goal drive, game. just like the Cincinnati game. Uh, Mahomes talked about the ankle and uh, the fact that he wasn't very concerned about it. I felt really good until I, I re kind of aggravated it a little bit, but uh, it was. I mean, you're in the Super Bowl. You can worry about uh, getting it healthy in the off season. So I, I just kind of just fought through, and we were able to win the game. Yeah, 44 yards rushing on a gimpy ankle yeah. for, for Patrick Mahomes, right. and a couple big runs. And I agree. Like early on when he scrambled, you're thinking, "Wow, looks good." That extra week did well, uh, and then when he tweaked it, uh, you know, it, it was. I thought it would be a factor. It was I, not a factor. You know, it was weird. If from my, if just by coincidence, my seat in the press area gave a incredible view of that tackle on Patrick Mahomes, and I could see exactly how his ankle was smushed on that play, and I knew in real time that that was an issue, yeah. and then he got up and he was limping, and I thought, uh oh, this is really going to end up taking him down. I wonder what it is that is available to football players to know, because I'm sure it's not just Toradol anymore, right? The the blue juice. <laughs> it's not, I'm sure that's evolved, right? I'm sure they probably, I don't know. Has it? Well, I don't, yeah, maybe it doesn't need to. I mean, right? after you heard the Gary Payton, the second story, uh, what uh, Portland was trying to put him through, hey, just gut through this, here, take this shot. Oh. And he mentioned and the, it was Toradol. the stem machine as well, the muscle stimulator. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, either way, he showed remarkable stick-to-itiveness, leadership. Oh, he's a different... Inspiration stuff, yeah. He's a different right. dude. And, and statistically, the numbers don't blow you away, but good completion percentage, not a ton of yards, but three touchdown passes, and then 44 yards rushing. And then the, the quarterback rating... Too. The quarterback yeah. you know, rating was over 130. Mm-hmm. And that's a that's a marginalized Patrick Mahomes. The guy is a machine, and in that offense, it's it's just well, a, it's a perfect fit. But again, not only at halftime were you wondering about the status of his ankle, but but they the Eagles had done a good job at bottling up the Chiefs' offense at that point in time. They had, and so for, for that offense to come out with that quarterback and score twenty four second half points. That's quite an accomplishment. Hats off to the Chiefs. Yeah, good win for the uh, Chiefs. Another Super Bowl title for Kansas City coming up next. Now that the Super Bowl is over, will the Cardinals actually hire a head coach? Uh-huh. Add another name to the candidate list. Uh-huh. That is straight ahead. It's Bickley and Murata mornings on this Monday here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Bickley and Murata. Dan Bickley and Vince Murata. Bickley and Murata mornings. Arizona Sports. The local sports leader.
Michael Goodwill, the owner, saying they hit pause a little bit so as not to take some shine away from the Super Bowl. But that is not the only reason. Sources say the Cardinals are expected to interview Eagles defensive coordinator Jonathan Gannon. That is expected to happen on Monday. There's been a little whispers about this. has been mostly under the radar, but now it is clear they are expected to request permission. That interview is going to happen on Monday. The team will go home. He will stay here. He's considered to be, guys, a top target for the Arizona Cardinals. Of course, they did second interviews this week with Lou Anarumo. Really impressive. The Bengals defensive coordinator, Mike Kafka, the Giants OC. That was on Tuesday. The Eagles are going to try to keep him. No guarantee this happens or that he gets it, but an important interview. Seeing Rappaport NFL Network yesterday talking about the uh, latest on the Cardinals coaching search, Jonathan Gannon, an interview subject today following that Super Bowl loss. And you heard Rappaport say it. There's been whispers about this. Yeah. One of those whispers happened on our show Friday when we were talking to Tom Pelissero, and I'm kicking myself for not following up on it because we were talking about the coaching search and he said something to the effect of, yeah, the Cardinals are sniffing around a couple of the coaches in this game. Right. And he didn't give any names, mm-hmm. you know, whether it was Steichen, whether it was Eric Bieniemy, whether it was Jonathan Gannon. Uh, we kind of ran out of time there. But that's the first I had ever heard that. And mm-hmm. and Ian Rappaport started it with, and Michael Bidwell confirmed this, hey, we, you know, I'm a little distracted with the Super Bowl, not to take some some of the shine away from the Super Bowl. Look, I know you're in a difficult position, but... The Arizona Cardinals are priority one. Am right. I am I wrong? No, here? You're not. no, no, no. Listen, and and for because as you said before, some of these candidates now could have been interviewed already, and then Friday's second interview with Lou Anarumo turned out to be a Zoom interview. Listen, I know Michael Bidwell was deeply, deeply ingrained in everything uh, about the Super Bowl, and these are massive undertakings. I understand that. Um, it, it it really is now, though. I think pressing. For this, for this franchise and this owner to put the attention on this football team and get this thing fixed and get the right people in here and and, and try to get this thing on autopilot to give us a a, a reasonable shot at yeah. at some stability, Vinny. Yeah. Right? Uh, five, how about a seven to nine year period of being a winning team, flirting with the playoffs every year, like sort of like the Seahawks, what what they've been able to do the last decade? That shouldn't be difficult if you can develop this quarterback. So the question becomes now, who are you going to get to be the head coach of this team? Because with all due respect, it's going to be awfully difficult to sell Jonathan Gannon to the Bird Gang right now. After that second half, the Chiefs just put on the Eagles. After two of the most, after popping two of the most wide open red zone touchdowns you will ever witness. It's going to be a hard sell. It, it, for it a guy will be. No one's ever heard about. Not no one, but for a guy fairly anonymous prior to yesterday's game. True. And was a finalist for a couple of other jobs, but okay. still, take that out of the mix. Timing is everything. We talked about it last year. You're going to extend your head coach after that finish to a season. You're going to hire a head coach potentially after that game. Now, it's a one-game sample. The Eagles' defense was a wrecking crew this year. They got wrecked last night. Right. And yes, the Chiefs got help on a big defensive player of their own and a big special teams play. But the Eagles defense that was talked about all season long and for two weeks leading up to this, playing against a quarterback on a gimpy ankle, zero sacks, forced zero turnovers, mm-hmm. only the second game all year where they didn't force at least one turnover. And they allowed the Chiefs to run for 154 yards mm-hmm. at a at a big clip of yards per carry. 
Uh, it, everybody was running the ball. McKinnon mm-hmm. was running the ball. Mahomes was running the ball. Pacheco was running the ball. It was their worst defensive game of the year. And it kind of laid bare the feeling that, okay, maybe this team was a little overrated. Their strength of schedule, their, their list of conquests, maybe it was a little thin for one of these all-time kind of teams. Did, did, did they have enough resistance in the two playoff games? Everything came so... I mean, they they routed the Giants, and then... 31-7, they're 38-7. Playing, they're yep. playing a 49ers team that played basically without a quarterback for three and a half quarters. Hey, listen, and there were people who correctly pointed out at halftime of last night's game when it looked like Patrick Mahomes was injured again that the Eagles uh, conceivably could have won a Super Bowl by beating Daniel Jones as the only healthy quarterback they faced in the playoffs yeah the only one and that you, you talk about uh you talk about a soft runway to a championship that obviously didn't happen with that second half so i again i so i think there i think that's all in the mix the idea that that the defensive coordinator of the philadelphia eagles is suddenly such a genius that he has to be hired that took a big hit last night yeah i mean coordinators thrive on what kind of players they have too scheme is one thing personnel is, is certainly tied into it but is probably the more important of the two factors well michael bidwell himself last thursday Bick, uh, the azcardinals.com released video of an interview with Michael Bidwell and he kind of updated fans the latest on the coaching search and again this is now uh, four days old. In the history of all Super Bowls there's never been a team that's been doing a GM search, a coach search and then hosting a Super Bowl just a few weeks later so we've been really busy planning but also we've got Monty as our new GM. He's been fantastic. He's been with us three and a half weeks. Everybody's working well together. You can already feel the new energy and uh, as he's restructuring things. A lot of good stuff. He also uh, talked about understanding the plight of the fans and all of this. We're excited about the great progress we've made. Every bit of advice has been take your time, and we have. I know there's probably some frustration with some of our fans, but we want to make the right decision, not the fastest decision. I think the fans' uh, viewpoint now is just hire somebody. When this started, it was, we want this guy. Okay, that's not possible. Mm -hmm. We want this guy. Now it's just like, we want a guy. Just to be able to say you're moving forward. Right. Uh, well, uh, to make it look like you're just not scrambling, and uh, again, it, it's I'm not sure what they're going to be able to present now to fans that's, that are, that's going to kind of really get people super excited. Um, but, it, yeah, this is this has been the longest head coaching search the Cardinals have ever done. They've done By a lot far. of far. They've done a lot of them. And it looks far. like they will be the last ones. Mm. Yeah, because I believe the Colts are going to name Steichen today. But again, they've done their 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 legwork on him. They've yeah. already interviewed him, and it's the Colts. They might have interviewed him four times. We don't know. Going back to your point on stability, too. Mm-hmm. You know the 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 coach who hosted the Lombardi uh, hoisted the Lombardi Trophy last night, Andy Reid, was hired in the same coaching cycle as Bruce Arians in Arizona. And look, the Cardinals obviously hit a home run with the Arians hire, mm-hmm. but he stepped away. That's the kind of stability you're looking for. And Andy Reid was very close to taking this job in Arizona. So since Arians, you've hired Wilkes, you've hired Kingsbury, you're mm-hmm. hiring your third head coach, and Andy Reid is still there. And we're only talking about 10 years. Yeah. 10 years is an eternity in coaching in the right. NFL, I get it, but still. Yeah. No, yes, listen, I, I, I'm, I'm with you there, and I think that um, I think we all kind of need to, to buckle up here. I, I don't think that... Uh, it just it doesn't look like we're going to be in the, in that big conversation 
next year. It really does look like there's a bridge yeah. year in front of us, and that's that's kind of a shame. Yeah. This, is not, this is not the way that this was all put up on the blueprint. Last night was supposed to be the crowning moment for the Cardinals. You had a great chance to play in your own Super Bowl. It had been done two consecutive years. It was right there for you. And it turned into one of the most dysfunctional seasons we've ever witnessed. Well, and I, I think one thing is clear with the timing of all of this, whether it's Kafka and Aruma or Gannon at the end of it, and now you have to lean towards Gannon, mm-hmm. the perception on the Cardinals' hire will not be a victory. No. And it remains no. to be seen whether or not whoever gets this job wins the press conference. Again, that's not that and important. And that doesn't matter either, but, but it will. But in, uh, Yeah, for a day it'll matter. Yeah. Yeah, and then so then you then you hope then you hope that they've got the right guys. You because again the, the external GM they check that box. I'm I'm hoping that Monty Fort is all that if he's that guy. Yeah. Um. So yeah, let's keep our fingers crossed. Coming up next, Super Bowl Fifty Seven, very competitive game, very entertaining game. But now that it's over, there's going to be two things that will mar it in people's memories forever. We'll get into those things next. It's Bickley and Murata mornings on this Monday, live from the Ak Chin Community Studios here in Arizona. Sports, the local sports leader.